Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our service minimum out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Feel a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Pearl. Yeah, that would be weird. Brule. See, that doesn't, doesn't roll off the tongue. It does. That that place is growing a little bit. I could see Strange Brew coming in. Jake Mangum will somewhere fran- around there. He'll he'll franchise it in his hometown of uh, Pearl. Yeah, which, which place is going to be the first in the metro area to land an exclusive deal coveted from Shane Reed? It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Well, wherever you are in our great state, if you want Strange Brew Coffee, you can have it each and every morning with a simple trip to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. All you've got to do is go to the website, order it to be shipped. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on the front counter, they got you taken care of at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. And baseball season is is just a few weeks away, guys. We're we're talking, we're getting close to one month out. Uh, and, And this week on the show, we will be talking some baseball with you. I know Robbie's looking forward to that, as am I. It's time you start getting ready. So, you know, if you need a new quarter zip for those early games when it's cool outside, get it. If you need a new T-shirt, new polo for those games, get it. And if you just need gear to put out there in your left field lounge spot, get it. And you can get it all at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, and they're in Flowood by the Half Shell. And, of course, there's collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's best restaurant. Simply put, it's number one. Robbie and I had lunch there on uh, on Friday. It was delightful as always. Plus, we had to we had to run into our old friend Chad Bumpus. That was exciting. It really was. We'll talk a little bit about that in just a minute. But it was it's good to see him back home, and he was glad to be. When we told him, we like you made the right choice. He was, he was there with Kevin Barbe, and we we're like, you guys, you made the right choice. This was the place to come for lunch. But of course, at night they turn that you know they get, get away from that country cooking and they get into some fantastic five-star white tablecloth southern dining and it's just awesome so when you got people do you want to impress here in starkville you take them to restaurant tyler i want to give you a quick catalog here robbie of things that have happened since the egg bowl we had rara thomas and dylan johnson going to the portal but before before that there were the several announcements of the players returning so that's right had all those players returning Defensive guys, then the portal, then Mike Leach passes away. Uh, then you have Zach Arnett named head coach. Then you have signing day. Uh, then you have uh, the bowl games. Then you have, you know, coaching staff stuff. Then you have, you know, uh, athletic director gets hired. Then you have offensive coordinator gets hired. And you have all this. And we think, we thought on Friday, with everything made official with Kevin Barbe, And with Zach Selman's press conference, I think you and I walked out of that press conference thinking, okay, we can leave football behind for a few weeks here. All right. They'll start the the midnight maneuvers or whatever that, and we'll have something, maybe a little talk about that. But, you know, and they got two more coaches to hire, but we feel like that's going to be internal, not a big deal with the new names. Right. I think we walked out of that press conference thinking it was over. And that's when Tula Griffin decided to throw a grenade at us and walk away. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what happened. So Tulu Griffin goes in the transfer portal, proceeds to have there to cause a meltdown of epic proportions. Some of you people, this can take me a moment to try. And look, I know, I know there's a lot of fake accounts out there. I know there's a lot of, of fans not of Mississippi State making an account. I know it. I know it, guys. 
And I can I can sniff out the difference between the, the, the two. But can Tulu Griffin? I don't know. I don't know how much thought he's really putting into it when someone tells him that he's a jackass. Sorry, a jackies. And uh and 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 just goes off on him, right? So if you're a grown man, if you're a grown person that took time out of your day on Friday to tweet at Tulu Griffin, what are you doing with your life? You, you, you I'll be honest with you, you don't have one. And you should be ashamed. Well, I, I said whenever you tried, all that man. happened, you tried. I, I came out and I said, guys, just please just let this play out. Nobody react emotionally. I know we have people that aren't on the board or anything that are on Twitter and all that stuff, but here's a good rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be told to like just let it play out or don't react emotionally. Just don't tweet at players like that. I mean, I'll give you a better rule. Maybe of just, thumb, maybe just don't ever tweet that. at players. Don't do it. I mean, sometimes it's okay to say, you know, good game and, you know, enjoy, enjoy uh, seeing you play or something like that. Yeah. But don't tell someone that, especially a guy that everyone in this fan base loved last week and thought it, thought he was, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the country. And some of you said when Rara Thomas left that it was okay because you still had Tulu and all that. Yeah. And now you come out and say he sucks, he's garbage, things like that. Like, just don't. Don't react that way. Um, but also, I think Tulu probably was was one. I'm not saying he wanted a negative reaction, but I, I think he knew that there was going to be some kind of negative reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, it just he kept kind of egging it on himself too. I think I think both parties were were not um, handling the situation very well. I, I can agree with that. Another situation going back, but to it's not. Back. You know, it's not Tulu's fault that someone tells no, him no. he's an idiot. And right, right. So you were able to do a little bit of reporting on this on on Friday about what you had learned about the situation. So let's sort of go into that. About we'll start with why you think Tulu went into the portal. You know, I I do not have an answer. <laughs> I really don't. I've I've tried. I've talked to several people about this um, that are around the situation that were, um, you know, with Tulu, talked to Tulu the other day, and I just do not have an answer for why he entered the portal. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you kind of the circumstances and, and kind of how it all played out, but the 100% reason why he went in, I have no answer. Okay. Um, because, like I report on the board, I don't believe it to be, you know, fully an NIL situation mm-hmm. where Mississippi State's going to get outbid or anything like that. I don't believe it to be a situation where he's not going to be used properly in the offense because right. I believe that that was kind of addressed. Um, it, it just boils down to, I think, that there was some – he was getting some – he was having conversations with people that felt like it would be his best interest to test the portal. Mm-hmm. to see what was out there. And I also believe wholeheartedly that he was getting back-channeled by schools, and uh, those schools were, were working to get him into the transfer portal. I have um, really good knowledge on that situation, and I believe that to be the truth. And, uh, you know, that's going on everywhere. So, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, you know, like Mississippi State is 100% off the hook on that too with other right. players. I don't have any evidence of that, but – it's happening everywhere, but that's what that that was happening behind the scenes with Tulu. There were team, there are teams out there that are trying to get him to enter the portal. So, uh, and it doesn't take a, a Sherlock Holmes to to put some some ideas to who that is. We won't say. Yeah, you could probably you uh, figure it out. You could probably figure that out. Yeah, but basically, here's how everything played out. Tulu, I believe, last week was actually considering getting in the portal. I think Mississippi State talked him into to not going through with that. He had some conversations with Zach Arnett. They decided, you know, everything was good. Tulu had some other conversations with people at Mississippi State. As late as, um, I guess, what day was that? Friday. Friday. There were, there were some conversations on Thursday that on Thursday believed everything on Thursday was everything in, was good. In place. Yeah, everything was good on Thursday. Came, you know, woke up Friday or whatever and was talking about it again. He he had said that he went into the portal. So he sits down uh, with, 
I think Zach Arnett was there. I know Chad Bumpus and Kevin Barbet were there. They sit down and talk everything over. Barbet discusses how he's going to be utilizing the offense, tells him he's going to be a prominent figure this offense, even mentions like, hey, would you like to go with me in the back and let's watch some film? I'll show you exactly how you're going to be utilized because he's had people similar to, to Tulu from a skill set standpoint, and he has a good idea how he would utilize him. And after all that, it was it had kind of appeared that he he was back on board. So I think the coaches were kind of like, yes, so you want to make sure that we get this squared away? We're not going to enter the portal? And he kind of was just like, no, nah, I think I'm just going to stay in the portal. <laughs> so, um, of course, announces he's going to enter and invokes this negative reaction. But I think a lot of that has settled a little bit over the last couple of days. I'm not ready to call it, um, you know, whether or not he's going to return to Mississippi State or not. But if I had to place a bet on it right now, I would say that he's he's going to be a Bulldog next year. Now, you're talking about a player that last month was Mississippi State's biggest cheerleader and recruiter who just now entered the portal a month later. So nothing is for certain with Tula Griffin. But as it stands right now, I don't know if there's been any serious advancements towards him leaving outside of enter the port- entering the portal. I think that things have been settled a little bit. We'll obviously see on Tuesday if he's in class and things like that. And I feel like we'll have a resolution early on this week. Okay. So it just it just feels like to me, just from, from my my perspective, and I, I haven't I made a point not to dig, to be honest with you. Because when I when I left the show Friday, I was like, I, I gotta get away. I like my my group text, one that I'm in with you and one that uh my friends are in, I I just ignored them. I was like, I don't I don't want to deal with this today. It's just too much. But it really does feel like what you going back to what you said that this is a case of people in his ear and and be honest with Tulu Griffin, people have kind of been in his ear throughout his career. You know, remember he was committed to state, then he decommitted, and then he came back. And there's just always been, and I'll just say the name of one school, but there's always been like this this undercurrent that he was going to end up at Ole Miss at some point. Is this is this local people? Is this people from outside with Ole Miss? Do we have any idea of, of where the, this this influence is coming from? Well, I don't know, you know, exactly where it's uh, coming from from an, another school standpoint. Uh, Ole Miss is a is a place that I've obviously heard is you know is interested in Tulu, and that's obviously a, a you know a place of interest. Um, around him and has been from the beginning, but there's a lot of local people in his ear from from around Philadelphia, from what I understand. I don't know what their um, I, I don't know what their end goal is. I don't think they're connected to a single team. I just feel like they're too involved. We have way too many people that are involved with these kids that don't need to be involved. And I, I don't know why that continues to be an issue, and I don't yeah. know if it's I don't think it's just the state of Mississippi. I mean, I think it's no, no, no you're right. Yeah. But there's way too many people that are living vicariously through kids because their career didn't work out the way they wanted to, or whatever. They're latching onto these kids and trying to get, you know, in the middle of it. And we have if a, you don't have these kids' best interests at heart, get the heck out of the way. We get have a pretty good track record, Robbie. You. We have a track record of these guys, of people like this, getting involved. And 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 swaying kids one way or the other, and then the career the kid's career takes a downward spiral for the most part. You know, I look yeah, at Jerry we've seen Jones it over and over. Jerry and Jones, nothing ever came of him at Florida State. Now Fabian Lovett has turned out to be a decent player, but I think Fabian Lovett was kind of set on the transfer beyond bad advice. Yeah, so so that's a different kind of story. But so many of these kids now, I mean, somebody like Deion Smith, you know, taking push towards other schools and now he's not even playing college football anymore. So it, is he not is he out of college football? I think so, yeah. I don't know what's what is Because up to I know he, he didn't he was supposed to go to, you know, he was at LSU. Everybody was convinced he was going to end up at Ole Miss. Uh he ended up having to go to EMCC 
but I don't think he played this past season at EMCC, and, and, and I don't know that he, he was did not play at EMCC. I don't know where then, he was. Then, yeah, I mean, nobody knows where that kid is. And, 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 you know, they're blaming LSU for a lot of that, but he didn't take care of his business. Right. He didn't, he didn't do his job in the classroom, and there was always but then again, that, stuff but that behind goes the back scenes. To what you were just saying about advisors. These advisors, don't, they need to be less focused on where are you going to college and more focused on what are you doing at the college you're at. Are you taking care of your grades? Are you – are you taking care of yourself? The, the, that's what advisors and mentors are supposed to do. They're not supposed yeah. to be like, hey, man, why don't you leave this school and go to this other school? Because I think that'd be a better situation. That's not after healthy. this. After this dude was just a first team All-American. Yeah. It, like, hey, they're they're just I mean, you're just you're not you're not. It's not going to work in Mississippi State. Yeah. And Mississippi State's I mean, the Bulldog Initiative's taking care of him. He's just been named an All-American. Mississippi State's obviously put him in the right positions on special teams. Mm-hmm. Now, there's so many things they could have done better on offense, but that's they sat down with him and told them what, what told him what they're about to do on the offensive side of the ball with him. Yeah. But Tulu, whatever decision he makes, I hope it's his decision, and it's not someone telling him he can he can do something else here, or he you know they don't care about you and stuff like that. And the, th- the sad thing is there's a lot of great influences around him. Yeah. Um, and it's just the, you know, a few bad apples out there, I think, are getting involved in the situation that don't need to be getting involved. And it's not just Tulu. It's around the entire state of Mississippi. It's around the country. There's too many people that are giving other people a bad name, and it's made, it makes you skeptical of these people these agents or AAU coaches or whatever, it makes you really skeptical about what their intentions are. Yeah. And there's, and that's the sad thing. There's a lot of people out there that are doing their due diligence that are, that just want the best for the kids and stuff like that. And these kind of people that get involved that don't need to be involved are uh, ruining it for everyone. So, uh, you know, it's just, just move on. Yeah. I mean, you're you're grown at this point. Get get out of the game. So to to bring it all back home, and to just sort of go back to what you said, you think that by the end of this, that uh, that Tulu Griffin will remain at Mississippi State and remain a part of this football team. That's how I feel on Sunday night. I mean, I, it's anything can change though. Anything can change. I I didn't think he'd ever enter the portal. So I don't. I mean, I don't know what to think about where. He is right now, um, you know, he's a, I think he's just – I think he is, is just – he's kind of in the same point. Like, he doesn't really know what to do right now in some cases. But as of Sunday, the latest that I was hearing were things were improving with him. Mississippi State's had some good conversations with him. Um, you know, I know that Will Rogers was, was wanting to get back and talk to him. So – it's just uh it's just a really weird situation. And anybody that says, you know, it, we don't need them anyway, and stuff like that, guys, there aren't players like this all over Mississippi State's roster. It's the same thing with Xavier Thomas. Right. This is how I, I had some people talking to me about this, and this is how I I would put it. I believe Tulu Griffin is the best kick returner in the nation. That's what I believe. So you can't improve. Why are you wanting to take Someone that is elite at something off of yeah. your roster. Yeah, and, just because he's, and some people were trying to rationalize wavering. it. They were like, "Well, all he really does is return kicks, and you know, you can re- easily replace his receiver." But he's the best kick returner. He's the best in the country. So you can't replace that. That's that's no. He's averaging. He's averaging he thirty-five yards a kick. He you, and Xavier Thomas are such a huge boat. They make plays for Mississippi State. State is an offense last year that lacked playmakers. Why would you want to lose the guy who might be your best one? And you don't, you do not have explosive, a ton of explosive playmakers. Or like, you know, people like, well, he's dropped a lot of passes. Yeah. Well, he also ran two kicks back and averaged 35 yards kick return. And he made some big plays in the passing game, too. Xavier Thomas only had like two catches. Well, he was a true freshman and he ran a punt back against the best team in the country. Yeah. So let's see how he let's see how it plays out. Yeah. But you don't have the luxury to get rid of these these type of players just because you think they're not loyal to your school. 
Yeah. Th- this is college athletics now. All of these players are are rented. <laughs> there is no loyalty. There yeah. is no loyalty anymore. You are you are basically paying players to star for your team. They might be here one year. They might be here four years. But the better players that you have on the team, the better chance you have to win games. At the end of the game, at the end of the day, that is what your goal is to do: is to win ball games. Mm-hmm. I bought. I got my dad a Tula Griffin jersey. He loves Tula Griffin. But at the end of the day, I mean, these jersey sales are not going to to work out in college because these players are going to be here for one or two years. You, you can't count on it. So uh, you take the players that you can get. There, there's not really any names on the back of jerseys anymore. You just you try to win ball games with the guys you got. Rosters change over year after year. There just isn't the loyalty and all that that it used to be. And that's fine. That's what college athletics has become. It's become, you know, best opportunity for certain players year after year. But I, I don't really care that, that Tule Griffin has entered the portal. If he helps Mississippi State win ball games, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter that for, you know, a couple of days he was in the transfer portal and was considering yeah. leaving. It's not it happens he- all the time. People like to make this this analogy about like you know if your girlfriend said she was going to look around, it's not the same thing. It's <laughs> not the same thing, guys. It's 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 not. You got to got to quit making that analogy. You know it, this is this is totally different. This it's I, I've tried to tell you all all the time, and, and nobody wants to listen to me except for me. Or Robbie listens because he knows I'm right, and he he believes it too. The family thing is overplayed. This is a business. I feel like Tony Tony Soprano, right? This is a business. <laughs> if you can quote the rules, you can obey them. Mississippi uh, State just just lost an athletic director that was not a a career administrator that played baseball at Mississippi State that had his first ever job in administration at Mississippi State, and he left like that. He got out of here as quickly as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. To go work with Hugh Freeze. To go work with Hugh Freeze. Do you think he cares about loyalty? These people don't care about loyalty anymore. No. It's about money. It's about winning. That's right. It, it, people, people, like, as soon as college football fans, and I get the frustration, I really do. This is, it's been a long time where, you know, you've had these these heroes on your football teams and, and stuff like that. I mean, that's that's been... That's been the thing for a long time, but that's no longer the case. Yeah. It's, you, you've said it before. You have to cheer for the logo, mm-hmm. unless it's the banner M, but you, you have to cheer for the logo. <laughs> not, not so much the players all the time. That's just how it is. I agree. And, and you know what? I'm sure Tulu's thinking the same thing with the reaction that he got the other day. Yeah. Yeah. No question. People cheer for you when things are going good. When things go bad, it, it changes. And that's, that's college athletics. Everybody benefits from everybody. Yeah. Well, that's players going out, people going out. Let's talk about somebody coming in. All right, MSU goes back into the portal for another defensive back. Jacoby Albert, uh, transfer from Kentucky, uh, was a four-star recruit coming out of high school from out of the state of Alabama. Picked Kentucky overall from Auburn, Maryland, and Michigan. Uh, 5'11", 180-pound, 185-pound safety. What we have learned here is this. First off, there's a good chance that the entire starting safety core next year is transfers from Mississippi State. You brought in two this year in, in Albert and Radar Jones. And Chris Keyes might end up being a safety as well. And then you have Jordan Morant and Hunter Washington from last year. But I think we are seeing Zach Arnett, who coached the safeties a season ago, wants to really remold Mississippi State's defensive backfield and is do, you, doing that through the cha- transfer portal. This is a guy who's got SEC experience. I, I feel I feel pretty good about this pickup. I, I I'm, I'm interested, obviously, in the transfer portal to see when the offensive guys start coming in. That should start happening now that everything's kind of getting settled on that side of the ball. But defensively, I think State's been really good in the portal thus far this year. 
Yeah, needed to supplement your losses at safety. You lost three safeties, and you've done that. You lost three safeties, and they were, let's say, two of them were transfers. Mm-hmm. So Mississippi State's kind of recycling here. They're getting more transfers in here. And they've, quite frankly, they've had a good deal of success with these transfer safeties. So you know, I trust their eye for talent there. Zach Arnett is obviously signing off on this. So they know what they want out of that group. And uh, those guys are physical, but they can cover too. And I think that's what – right now it looks like Darcel McBath and whoever – I guess Brett Dewhurst is recruiting safeties. Paul reported that he – that uh, Albert spent time with Dewhurst this weekend. So it looks like that's the direction they're going uh, with the safety position. So I'm guessing he's, he's recruiting. But – Looks like Darcel McBath and um, Brett Dewhurst and Zach Arnett, they're looking for versatile guys that can cover, mm-hmm. that can come up and hit you. They're, they're going to have some options back there. I think Radar Jones can play multiple positions. Um, Kamar Rogers probably a cornerback. Chris Keyes can play multiple positions. You can move Jacoby Albert around at the safety spot. Mm-hmm. They're going to have some versatility back there. And always with these transfers, I always like to know what their other options are because some of these guys leave a Power 5 school mm-hmm. and downgrade mm-hmm. because they couldn't play at that Power 5 school. Mm-hmm. He had offers from, I think, Arkansas, Ole Miss, several others. So he yeah. was getting SEC interest. That tells you that's a good that offer. you got a pretty good athlete there. Good player, yeah. So uh, – the transfer portal closes in terms of players being able to enter it on uh, 18th. The 18th, so that's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. But obviously visitors can still come and go. State is starting up classes this week as well. You have until the first ad drop date. But, of course, that's the thing. I mean, there's another window coming in the spring after spring practice lets up. So some of these guys will just go through spring at their current schools. The, the portal is still going to have plenty of options, which State is going to have to take advantage of offensively. They need a uh, uh, they need tight ends first and foremost. Uh, they need another quarterback. No, no question about that. And then and honestly, if Tula Griffin goes, that's when you probably need to dip back in and try to find you a wide receiver. Um, it looks like they're they're uh, trying to get Brady Robertson. Well, no, I was thinking about the tight end. They're trying to get the oh, Georgia tight end. Yeah. To, to Brock he's Bowers? Visiting this. No. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's he's had it with Kirby Smart. Didn't like how he's been utilized. No. Um, <laughs> like how he's, been, he's like, I'm a tight end. I didn't come here to run the ball. Exactly. Why, why am I getting 60 Why am receptions? I on jet sweep? I swear, that dude's a <laughs> – That would be he, the funniest thing ever. He's like, I just want to catch the ball. Why am I running it? Would he be – would he start on every team in the NFL right now outside of Kansas City? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, if, he, if he's not starting, he's yeah. playing a lot. I mean, yeah, probably. He's, I he, mean, you got, you got the – you got, you know, George Kittle. You have – You have good tight obviously, ends. Obviously – Outside of like uh, the top – uh, the, the all-pro tight ends, and I don't know who the all-pro tight ends. I'm sure – I would imagine Kelsey was one. But well, he, he's not. He's probably not better than Kelsey right now. Let's see here. But I I have a hard time believing that dude. And I, I hate the whole like Georgia could could Georgia play in another NFL team. Yeah. But a player uh, as a player, an individual he could play player, right now. Yeah. Right, he could play right now in the NFL. So here's and the be, and be one of the best in the league. I think. Yeah. So the Pro Bowl roster for the NFC, the two tight ends were. Kittle, George Kittle, and Hawkinson from the Vikings. I th- I think I think he'd be up. I think he'd be up there with Hawkinson right now for sure. And then let me see if I can find the AFC. He's probably not as good. Yes. Are both of those guys Iowa guys? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then for the AFC, the, uh, it's tight in Iowa here. though. It's tight in but here. Not even that. Like, look how many NFL guys they got. It's crazy. They underachieve. Uh, the tight ends in the in the uh, AFC are Kelsey. And Mark Andrews from the Ravens. Oh, he's better than Mark Andrews. He's better than Mark Andrews, yeah. So then we're saying that of 32 teams, he's probably starting on 30 of them. I think he's top – I think he, right now he's like top five in the NFL. I don't disagree. So State's going to get those guys, getting back to that, they'll get those guys after the spring. 
and those guys will go through the summer and they'll be here in the fall and it'll, it'll, it's not gonna be a big issue so i think know, the, don't, I don't think the freak out thing... i guess is what i would say is if state doesn't have all these offensive guys in the fold in the next week or so don't freak out there's still plenty of time you know unless, that's how the transfer portal is going to work and let's be honest like what like what do they need right now they need a tight end and then they need a quarterback but the quarterback, I, th- I think people, you know, a lot of people are thinking, you know, State's going to get in the mix for like a Walker Howard or something. I just, mm-hmm. that, I just don't think that's going to happen. Right. Um, because first of all, I just don't think Walker Howard is is uh, interested in Mississippi State at all. Mm-hmm. But they can go get a guy that's, you know, group of five or, you know, was a backup somewhere. They just need somebody that would be manageable if you put them – in the ball game, like if there's an injury, mm-hmm. that's that's where they are right now. And then next year, you can sell to a power five starter or a group of five starter that you can come in and compete to be a starting quarterback. But for this year, they need one more dude just mm-hmm. to make sure you got you're not throwing Chris Parson out there right away. And they need a tight end. And other than that, I mean, if a if a difference maker wide receiver comes along, yeah. But I just don't see like a huge need for a ton of offensive players. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it is what's for dinner. I made a tri-tip tonight, my friend. Oh, Ooh. so good. So good. And a shout-out to loyal podcast listener Russ Nelson. Never misses a pot. He actually sent me a gift. He sent me some of this chimichurri seasoning. I made a chimichurri sauce. I've never had chimichurri sauce before today. That's going on almost every grilled piece of meat I make going forward. I've never tasted anything like that. It's so good. And with that great tri-tip, which I know all about, nobody ever told me anything about tri-tip. Don't let anybody fool you into thinking that somebody told me about tri-tip. Somebody's listening to this right now. They're just fuming. White-knuckling it. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, but that being said, I was at the butcher shop over in Starville, the, the Blind Tiger over there on University Drive. They have a great selection of beef, all the great steaks. They cut them to order. They've got a bunch of other you know stuff that you can just buy. That place is fantastic, by the way. Totally underrated. If you haven't been there, and they have great sandwiches for for lunch as well. You can get you can get food there as well. I mean, like I gotta check that food. out. It's really good. You, you, you just got you a walk nice in and you're just like, oh. It's just that that smell. It's just they they've got it. They've got it. So yeah, L- Louisville just got a good meat place too. I heard. I got to go check that out too. Nothing beats a butcher shop, man. That's just that's just the really place. don't. They, and they have Welcome Home Beef as well. Our former sponsor. Done. Done. Those guys, they know what they're talking about. They they might they might know a thing or two about tri tip. Uh, there might be <laughs> someone involved. <laughs> with welcome on beef that knows a little something. All right. Beef, that's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two brothers smoked meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Basketball this weekend back in town. If you're headed to Starkville to see hoops, make sure you got to stop the two brothers planned on your agenda. Great food and great people right there in the heart of the Cotton District. It's not just barbecue. It's smoked southern soul food. That's what you enjoy every time at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service. Every business promises it. Advantage Business Systems, they can deliver it. And they've got 48 years of experience backing them up. That's what we're talking about. 48 years keeping the doors open and serving customers just like you. Serving Mississippians just like you. When you want to be treated like a neighbor and not a number, you call Advantage Business Systems. The number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. I mentioned it earlier. We were just getting so close to baseball. They have got a a great new selection of styles at the Rogue for some MSU quarter zips with the M over S. That's what you want. Great looking stuff. And 30% off select styles right now at the Rogue. So when you want to get a polo or or a pullover that suits you, that looks good, that has the logos that you like, you got to go check out the Rogue's Collegiate Collection. Shop at the Rogue in Jackson. Shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Well, Robbie, you know how it is sometimes in life. You you fix one problem, and, and another one spouts up on you. So Mississippi State, 
goes to Auburn on uh on Saturday night and shoots 21 of 28 from the free throw line. Great. Fantastic. Tolu Smith back into form. 20 points, 10 rebounds for him, including four of six from the line. Outstanding. State shoots 0 of 18 from the three-point line. Robbie, maybe, I don't know, I'm not a basketball coach, and, and I never will be, and it is easily the sport of the big three that I can tell you the least about from an X's and O's standpoint. But it's. I think at 0 for 10, I'd be like, stop shooting threes. No, yeah. I don't just take a step inside. State shot 57% from the floor if you take the three-pointers out. They did pretty good against Auburn defensively. They held them to 69 points. Nice. And but Auburn was really good from three-point range. 11 of 25 from back there, including Jalen Williams, who went five of seven from deep and had a fantastic night before fouling out. Um, and so the final score 69-63. This is a frustrating loss because of the of the nature of, of shooting O of 18 from three-point range. But I also feel like you can take some positives away from that. And that state shot the free throws well. Tolu Smith was back. I thought defensively they dominated in the paint. They out-rebounded Auburn. Um, they were good on second-chance points. They blocked four shots to one. Um, I, I just feel like you, you took some positives away, but it is frustrating to see them shoot that poorly from three-point range and lose the game. Yeah, I mean, if you if you made three three-pointers, mm-hmm. You win the game, right? And that's still a they terrible lost. percentage. That's terrible. That's three for eighteen. That's awful. Mm-hmm. And you could have won the ball game. Mm-hmm. They made eleven more three pointers than Mississippi State, and they won by six. Six. Whatever the score was, and the game was close in the final like mm-hmm. minute and a half. It's just like state. State is so close, but they're also like so far away. Like they're right. Like some some of these things that they're doing, they're so bad at. Like sh- like shoot, their shooting is terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's the thing: I feel like they're the the game plan from Chris mm-hmm. Jans, and I'm not taking him fully off the hook because some of these things, like you know, free throw shooting and things like that, you feel like if those players spend a lot of time doing it, they would be better. Mm-hmm. And it, it's obvious they did spend a lot of time doing it this week because they were significant significantly better. But mm-hmm. I mean. He's getting them to the foul line consistently. Mm-hmm. He did that against Alabama. Did it for the most part against Georgia. I mean, they shot 22 free throws. They shot enough free throws to win. He he figured out that, you know, these guys can't – they're not very good shooters. They're not very good offensive players. So, I need to get them free points. I need I to think, get them to the free throw line. I think they most do. coaches would tell you, Robbie, that if, if I can get 20 points off the free throw line, I'm going to win the game. Because I can yeah. get 45 to 50 points – Elsewhere, I can do that, but Mississippi and Mississippi State did that. They did that on right game plan. He just didn't anticipate them being zero for eighteen from three point range. I'll be honest. If you had told me on Friday that State was going to get sixty three points, I said they might have won the game. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you know Auburn, Auburn has not been. They weren't what they were last year. Mm -hmm. They don't have the same. They they do have some players from last year, but they don't have the same nucleus that they had right. last year. They're a good team. They're not a great team this year. But I, if you would have said that, I would have thought that State was in good position. Yeah. but oh, I would have never anticipated 0 for 18. I mean, that's just unfathomable. Yeah. DJ like you, you, screw up, you screw up one time and bank one in or something. Yeah. And th- this, it was not like all these were contested. Right. There, there were some good wide luck. open shots. Yeah. DJ Jeffries 0 for 4, Deshaun Davis 0 for 3, Eric Reed 0 for 3. He went 0 for 4 in the game and didn't score. Uh, Shaq Moore 0 for 5 on 3 of 10 shooting. Keyshawn Murphy was 0 for 2, and then uh, Sean Jones 0 for 1. Only had a That was his only shot of the game. The State did enough to win in this game, but at the same time, they didn't. And so a week where I really thought they, they felt like they needed to go 1 and 1, now they got they got to bounce back. The tough game Tuesday night against Tennessee, but Tennessee... I mean, Kentucky, who had been reeling, got them on Saturday. There, nobody in the that's that's the most frustrating thing about this season and this this these shooting woes is that the conference outside of maybe Alabama feels like everybody's gettable. Arkansas lost to Vanderbilt on Saturday. LSU got destroyed by Alabama on Saturday. Uh, yeah, you know, I looked at this. I looked at this 
conference a couple weeks ago, and I was like, dang, this thing, this thing's stacked. Yeah. But now I look at it and I'm like, you know, outside of Bama and Tennessee, it feels like everybody's beatable. And Tennessee is like playing Tennessee's well. Tennessee's beatable if they're losing to Kentucky. Kentucky is not great. That's true. At, if they would have won that game, I would have. I actually would have felt better. I think. I think they're going to be yeah, kind of be tough to get about, about that. But you, Florida is a winnable game on Saturday. You need yeah. you need to go one and one this week. God, you really desperately needed to win one of those two against Georgia and Auburn. You look at these next. Could have won either. We could have won both of them. Let's look at these next three weeks, right? Because if if you go you start of February, you'll kind of know, right? You need, if you're one and one this week, you're okay, right? You'd be thirteen and five. Next week, you got to go to Alabama, and then you have TCU. That's two ranked teams. TCU is in Starkville. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to be one and one that week. I'll just say that. The week after that, you have South Carolina and Missouri. South Carolina on the road, Missouri and Starkville. You need to be that's a two and zero week. You need to be two and zero that week. If they can get four wins, four wins in the next six might be a lot. If they can be three and three, though, I think they're they're still okay. They're still okay. Yeah. It's just going to, it's, but it's going to be a grind and a process every single step of the way. But then yeah, you, I mean, you have a stretch there where, you know, you have LSU at home, Arkansas on the road. That'll be tough. Then you have Kentucky at home. You go to Ole Miss, you go to Missouri. And then, you, like I said, you finish out the season AM at home, South Carolina at home at Vanderbilt. Those are some wonderful games. You have a, a chance to finish around the 18, 19, 20 win mark which will keep you close to the bubble and you'd be in the NIT. And honestly, in year one, with all the flaws this team has, it's, it's fine. It's job well done, in my opinion. Yeah. The, the Arkansas game, if that was in Starville, I'd pick State to win that. Yeah. But the fact that it's there, it's just it's, it's tough to win on the road. Uh, and that's a tough place to play. But yeah, it be tough. It also depends on like you know where Arkansas is at that point. I yeah. feel like right now they're kind of reeling a little bit too. Yeah. But st- state's got to find some confidence. I think that's I think that's they were one of so the biggest close to things. having it here, Robbie. If they had won this game, they'd had a ton of confidence. I think that's one of the biggest issues with this team right now is I don't think they have the confidence in themselves. I think that's why a lot of these shots aren't falling. Yeah, a a good a good bit of shots falling. Mm-hmm. Is the confidence that you have in yourself? If you're if you're going oh, yeah. into a shot thinking, uh, God, I don't know if I can make this, then it, it, you're it probably absolutely miss. messes with you. Yeah. Same thing with free throws. But I thought that, that game outside of the three point shooting, I thought State played a great game. Mm-hmm. The effort was incredible. Um, the offense, the the sets that they had, I thought they were in good position. I mean, we talked about the the looks that they had. They had great looks. They worked the ball into Tolu. I thought he did a good job in the post all game long, going up against a really good post player. So I thought that the game and how it was executed for the most part was really good outside of just missing shots. Just we have said that all shots. year. We have said these ga- the game plans have been solid because for the most part, State is getting to the line enough times to win the game. They're just not making the free throws. In this game... The game plan was again; it was good enough. You de- you can't anticipate missing eighteen three pointers. You just can't. Yeah. You can't. So, we'll and see I, what happens. for me, that gives that gives me a lot of hope in Chris Jans that this yes. team plays really hard. He's, yeah, he's fine. The defense is is great. Um, it just it just feels like it's going to take some the, a different skill set for Mississippi State on the offensive side. Once they get a couple more shooters in, they'll be fine. Of course, yeah. you know, next year you got to replace Tolu Tolu Smith, so we'll see. Maybe he. I mean, there's still a chance he yeah, could come back. We'll to uh, Tennessee, sa- uh, I'm sorry, Tuesday night here in Starkville, 6 p.m. tip. It's a blackout, so they want you guys uh, wearing black if you choose to attend. All right, one last thing before we go, Robbie and I were on campus on Friday uh, at the Bryan Building for a very special announcement. Uh, I don't think there was as much suspense around. I'm not really sure what Mississippi State was doing with the whole. Like we we know what it is, guys. You could have just said, but that said, Zach Selman was officially introduced as Mississippi State's new athletic director. Obviously, the most intriguing uh, bit of news from that press conference is that his youngest daughter is named Meatball. I don't. Yes. I don't quite know how that. I don't know how a young eight year old girl gets to be named Meatball, but okay. 
I'm gonna find that out though. I will. Find I think out. she got. I think she got a kick out of it when I said that was your name. Yes, I th- she did too. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it's an opening press conference. That's an intro. It, it's going to be impressive, right? Everybody knows what you say. They know what buttons to push. But I feel like in Zach Selman, you're getting a, a different kind of guy than you had with John Cohen, in that you've got a guy who really. And, Call us a knock on Cohen, if you will, but you get a guy that really and truly understands the administrative portion coming into the job of being an athletic director and what that means in terms of what he needs to bring to the job for Mississippi State. Yeah, you're talking about a guy that has spent a lot of time, and they they talked about it a lot in that press conference the other day, spent a lot of time around two really good athletic directors whose uh, athletic departments are usually Mm -hmm. solid top to bottom. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about North Carolina and what they've done in basketball, but football program is, it's really steady right now. That's a, that's a a department that's got some really, really good secondary sports. What we would consider secondary sports It's big time there, lacrosse, soccer, stuff like that. I mean, that's a, that's a solid athletic department, Oklahoma, we know the same about them. That's that's a really good athletic department. Mm-hmm. He's learned under he's learned under some great leaders, mm-hmm. and to me, that's that's always a key. Who are these guys' mentors? Mm-hmm. These people that come through. Who who are they learning under? Scott Strickland learned a lot, I think, from Greg Byrne, and I thought that he was a really good athletic director for Mississippi State. Uh, Greg Byrne obviously learned from a lot of great people, including his dad. But his dad, so yeah. <clears throat> I, you know. The reaction that he got after taking the job, and you could you could see it from his quote tweets or whatever, the reaction that he got, the people that you saw mentioned in there mm-hmm. says a lot about this person. Yeah. This is somebody that was deputy AD, and I, that's not to say that his job wasn't important. It was very important, but Usually the reaction that we saw from a lot of those people would have been from somebody that was an athletic director mm-hmm. leaving. He was talked about like he was a key member of that Oklahoma athletic department, which he is. Right. So when you look at some of those names that came out the other day, I mean, we saw it from, you know, Brent Venables to, I think Kelvin Sampson might have yeah. said something. I mean, people that, our high-level coaches and administrators were coming out and couldn't speak highly enough of this guy. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I was blown away by his press conference too. I thought he would, I thought he, he said all the right things. I thought I thought he hit on a lot of things. You know, obviously the fact that he was willing to talk about NIL and be detailed about it obviously is is impressive to me and much needed. You know, considering what the last administration and how they they handled NIL. Um, and you, you feel like you're talking to a guy that isn't afraid to take other people's advice, that isn't isn't going to be, you know, singularly focused. He's a guy who's, you know, can take criticism and take advice from other people and and turn that into, into positives. Um, and I think, I you know, obviously the resume kind of speaks for itself. This is what he's been gearing up for to take over as the big chair at a, at a big job. And now he's got it. And I feel like, you know, I think he knows because he's young, right? So like, this is a chance for me to make a great first impression because I'm honestly, I think we're all smart enough to, you know, and mature enough to say that it's unlikely that Zach Selman will be here 20 plus years, right? He's not, he is not going to be Mississippi state's next uh, long-term athletic director, but I think he realizes this is my shot. This is my chance to impress everybody. I got to do a great job. And I think he's smart enough to get that job done. So interested to see what he's got to do. We are scheduled to have him on at Support Stock Mississippi at some point. And we will also make every attempt to have him on this podcast as well. Speaking of people who are going to be on this podcast, uh, on Tuesday, that will be the 17th, we will finally be 30 days away from first pitch. Uh, Teddy Cahill of Baseball America is going to join us. I was thinking about this today, Robbie. I miss talking to those guys like Teddy and Kendall and Aaron. Last year, because what was I going to talk to him about during baseball season? Yep. Yeah. Terrible loss. What do you think? Can we hope? Yeah, like, you know, early on in the season might have worked. Yeah. Yeah, even, even then, it was never it was never good. 
So looking forward to talking to Teddy and bringing him back on. Coach Lamonis cannot join me tomorrow to get the interview done for Tuesday, but he will join me on Tuesday. As soon as I finish that interview, I will put it up and have it on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed so you can hear what Coach Lamonis has to say 30 days away from first pitch. We have baseball to pre- or basketball to talk about this week. All right, we may have more recruiting stuff, and obviously we will continue to follow what's going on with Tulu Griffin. And I expect the final coaching hires we made official this week. I don't know how State handles that because, I mean, do you need to put out a graphic or anything? He's staying. Jason Washington, running backs. I don't know. I don't yeah, know I think, you know, they, I don't think they're going to do it with, like, Dorsey McBath or anything like that. So mm-hmm. With Dewhurst, though, they would. If, 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 yeah, if, Dewhurst, yeah. and if they move Tony Hughes, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know how they'll make it work, but they will. Hopefully those announcements will come. Uh, this week. Obviously, we will effort to have Kevin Barbe on the show, and then Chad Bumpus is going to have to come on the show. I- I'm just going to make that happen. You're going to force him. I will force that to happen. So, when, uh, during, to- during this show, mm-hmm. did you did you hear my microphone rubbing against my shirt or anything? Not today? Okay. Yeah, we've had that problem in the past, but not today. Well, it's usually if I'm wearing a necklace, mm-hmm. but today I, I just noticed like I have this quarter zip like unzipped. Mm-hmm. Was it hitting the zip zipper? Well, I was I don't I don't know if it was or not. That's why I, was I did not. You. I did not. And like the last time that happened, it was really really noticeable, and I didn't notice anything. Today. I just now, that I hate said, when that stuff happens. No, nah, it shouldn't be a problem. We're, we're good. I, I can't hear it on my end, so I don't know when it happens. I appreciate your concern for our audio quality, though. Thank you. Well, I I don't want to hear from other listeners. <laughs> I don't. It's like when we say something wrong, and yeah. we for the last five days we've been getting uh Weidmans. Weidmans. It was Weidmans. I said it correctly, but I was. I, I, you know, I had a little bit of doubt and I didn't want to hear from people. The first time we said like, Hey guys, let us know. That was like the worst decision ever because I got like 10 different DMS. Uh, we got like 20 tweets. Like yeah. if we ever mess up on something, we hear about it for sure. Yeah. So, oh, well, all right, guys have a great, uh, Monday, Robbie. And I'll be back with you on Tuesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian. Hey dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.